It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chan. All right, thank you very much for tuning in tonight. In half an hour, Jason Moss and Morley Scott, the weekly Eskimos coaches show here on 630 Chet, and the Eskimos making news tonight trading a third-round pick in 2019 to the Toronto Argos for kick returner Martise Jackson. I mentioned his missed field goal return for a touchdown. How could I have forgotten? It was against the Eskimos last season, 125 yards. So hopefully a guy who can add a little bit of explosion to the return game. Uh, this texter says, it seems like the Eskimos got a much better deal with this trade. Why would Toronto give up such a good player for only a draft pick? I, I would assume that his contract is up after this season. Um, so maybe they're thinking they wouldn't resign him. Gives them a chance to uh, probably free up some current space uh, money against their cap. And it doesn't look like they're uh, they're going places this season. So they decide to take the draft pick from Artis Jackson. Uh, obviously, just speculating here as we're getting a lot of this on the fly. But uh, it does look like a pretty good deal for the green and gold, even if he's uh, only here for the finals what are we at, final six games of the year, still gives them a much more dangerous return game. You can text 630-630, Oilers news today. Alex Chason signs a professional tryout contract last year with Washington. He's 27, 381 NHL games, has 124 points. So uh, he joins Scotty Upshaw and Jason Garrison as players who will be in training camp on PTOs. All right, uh, going to follow up here on a story we first uh, brought you several months ago, and that's about a group called Active Communities Alberta and uh, some things they're trying to work on with facilities in the capital region. Pleased to welcome Matt Bakowicz back to the show. Matt, thanks for uh, checking in tonight. How are you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? Doing very well. It's it's good to have you back on the show uh, to, to update this story because I know uh, your group is doing some really important work. But before before we get into what's coming up this week, uh, give us the Coles notes on uh, on who Active Communities Alberta is and what your mission is. So we're a nonprofit society based here in the Edmonton region. We've got members from uh, Edmonton and surrounding municipalities and. We've been working on a project to build a sport and wellness campus for the Edmonton region here for the past two years and making a lot of progress with that. And what would be on this campus, Matt? So we're looking at uh, about 30,000 square feet of gymnasium space, uh, four indoor ice arenas, fitness facilities, gymnasium, or, uh, fitness facilities, daycare space, and a lot of space for community and nonprofit groups as well. All right, and, and is this mainly to address uh, what what you guys perceive to be some some aging or inadequate facilities in Edmonton and area? Yeah, so we've done a lot of research for the whole entire province, and actually, the real catalyst behind this was the aging 
arenas across the province, we found that there's 400 indoor ice arenas, and most of them were built in the 60s and 70s, and Edmonton's no different. About half of our arenas were built in the 60s and 70s, and those are nearing the end of their useful life, and it really spurs that conversation now. Okay, so if these facilities are are going to be closing at some point, what are we going to do to replace them? Uh, Certainly, the need for for ice time in in the capital region is there, and it continues to to be there. The growth numbers in Hockey Edmonton and many of the minor hockey associations in the surrounding area continue, and we're really working hard to, uh, to meet those needs as well as needs for the community in general. Okay, so the, the question here is the funding. So tell me uh, where you're at and, and what's happening this week. So, yeah, we uh, presented to the St. Albert City Council in June, and they provided a motion in support of providing $20 million towards this project. And uh, we're currently working with them uh, to work out all the details. And also moving forward here, we've uh, put a business case into the province of Alberta for a request for $10 million in funding from them. And ironically enough, it was just announced here a couple weeks ago that the province provided a nonprofit recreation facility in Calgary with $15 million in funding. So we're, uh, we're right in the ballpark there in terms of our ask. And more on the Edmonton side, we're requesting uh, some land as well as some funding potentially in the neighbourhood of $20 million as well to contribute towards this facility. So we're going in front of an Edmonton uh, City Council committee on Wednesday and looking forward to presenting to them. Okay, so it's it's a $50 million facility overall. Is that what I got there? Uh, well, and we've also got a request into the federal government for 10. So okay. we're looking at a ballpark $60 million facility, okay. which uh, which is a little bit less, I would say, than uh, than some facilities that have been recently opened in places like Calgary that are in the hundreds of millions of dollars. So would, would Active Communities Alberta manage and run this facility? Is that how it would ultimately work? Yeah, so we would follow a model that's actually been very successful in Calgary, and that's having nonprofit uh, operator ourselves looking after all the day-to-day of the facility, and essentially we'd hire a general manager that would have a staff, and they would take care of that. The The advantage there is that it's actually a self-sustaining facility, so there would be no need for ongoing taxpayer support, and that makes it really attractive in terms of saving taxpayer dollars. The typical single-ice facility here in Edmonton that exists, those cost about $400,000 a year for the taxpayers to subsidize for each one of those facilities. So as you can imagine, with four indoor ice sheets at uh, the facility we're proposing, could be a lot of taxpayer savings every year. Right. Okay. Well, on the four ice surfaces, I know when we talked last time, uh, you talked and you mentioned it tonight, the age of some of the arenas and some of these roof collapses we've seen in arenas throughout the province really so you know that that all figures into why why we need new facilities um is is there a do you you have a location for where you want this to go yet yeah so we're in talks with the city of edmonton and uh regarding some land that they have in uh, northwest edmonton and it's adjacent to the anthony henday drive we think there's a lot of opportunity that for that site to be used for for our facility, for potentially other facilities. I know there's been talk 
uh, even in the paper here yesterday about indoor soccer facilities and needs for that. So, uh, again, we, we're open to all sports. We're, we're about the community being active. And certainly, you know, if there's other space like libraries or anything like that that people feel would be suited for that site as well, there's 48 or uh, 30 acres of, of land there potentially that could be used for a lot of things. Okay. Well, th- this is a, a really interesting project and uh, a very unique approach to it that, that I hope is going to work. Now, so you're going to council on Wednesday, you said? That's correct. And do you That's have any council any councillors on, on, on board here that you think are going to step up and support you? Yeah, we've actually met with close to half of the Edmonton City Councillors, and we've been working with Edmonton administration for for almost two years now so we've had very positive feedback from them it's incredible the the open minds that uh, council has the fact that they're looking at creative options that that can still provide the community with uh, a lot of their recreation and community needs so i I think the opportunity here is for a true community hub that uh, really sets the bar for for future facilities and could ultimately lead to more taxpayer savings down the road all right. Well, I, I think everybody would be on board with that. And Matt, it's uh, activecommunitiesab.ca? That's correct. Okay. And did I miss anything you need to get out there tonight? You know, one thing that really came to mind here is we worked on our 160-page business case, and we didn't realize this off the bat, read, but the amount of economic impact that this facility would potentially have. Uh, you think about a single ice arena it's not able to host tournaments. It's not effective for that sort of a thing. Whereas if you build a facility of this magnitude for multiple sports, could be volleyball tournaments, could be pickleball tournaments or hockey tournaments, it, it really pulls in people from all over the country, potentially, or even internationally, to attend. And in fact, when we ran all the numbers over the life of the facility, we found that it could generate an estimated $2 billion in economic impact for the region. So. So it's certainly a a community facility, a recreation facility, and also an economic driver. Matt, thanks for the update. I I know we're going to stay in touch with this. I hope everything goes great uh, with Council this week. And, uh, yeah, I I know we'll be talking again. And I know how hard you and your group have worked on this. So keep going. Awesome. Thank you again, Reed. That is Matt Bakowicz checking in from Active Communities Alberta. Quite a plan they have going, uh, activecommunitiesab.ca, if you want to learn more. Uh, interesting model, and uh, like you said, one that could take some burden off taxpayers. It would be, uh, it would be a non-profit uh, nonprofit group operating the facility. Uh, we said over 30,000 feet of gym space, four ice surfaces, uh, you know, potentially a daycare, community facilities, all that type of stuff. Pretty cool project they have on the go there. Uh, Monday Night Football, I haven't even been updating this for you guys. Uh, five minutes into the third quarter, Jets leading the Lions 24-17. On the weekend, Prairie Junior Football, Edmonton Huskies over Regina 27-17. Huskies moved to 3-1 on the season. The 1-2 and two Edmonton Wildcats had a by uh, went bad. It went bad uh, for the uh, Golden Bears on Friday after uh, trailing 14-13. They lost 51-13 to Regina, so they go to 0-2 on the season. The Edmonton Eskimos have traded for returner Martise Jackson, third-round pick to Toronto for the Eskimos to pick up Jackson. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we had GM Brock Sunderland on the show earlier. We'll preview tomorrow's Oilers rookie game when we get back. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. But up the right-hand side, Thomas Foster with Jones back. He'll take it to the net. Wrist shot, score! And Nate McEwen has taken a 1-0 lead. Thomas Foster and Nate McEwen will break out. Maybe a 2-on-1. McKidiak centers, waiting. Wrist shot, score! Off the rush, and Nate McEwen takes a 2-0 lead. With 2-31 to play. A big insurance goal scored by Jarrett Hoffman. Yamamoto centers, it's still loose, bouncing puck, the horn goes, and Nate McEwen has hung on for a 2-0 shutout victory. 49 saves combined for Mark Olivier Daigle and Nathan Park. Well, that was almost a year ago, September 13th, 2017 at Rogers Place. The McEwen-Nate All-Stars, despite being badly outshot, beat the Oilers' rookies 2-0. Colton Waltz, defenseman for Nate, will play in that game tomorrow, and he played in that game last year. Colton, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Doing very well. Great to have you on the show. Uh, All ready for tomorrow, another game at Rogers Place for you. Yeah, it should be uh, should be an exciting night. Uh, I know everyone's looking forward to it. Well, we, we got to go back to uh, to last year because uh, the McEwen Nate All Star team outshot forty nine nineteen, and you guys got out there with a two nothing victory uh, against a pretty good Oilers rookie team. I mean, what do you remember uh, about that game and, and just sort of uh, surviving all those shots and preserving the lead? Yeah, I know. Um they seemed to carry most of the play last year um their their speed was a factor for sure and uh we had to lean on our goalies but they uh they stood tall for us and um with our limited opportunities like you said 19 shots we were able to capitalize and uh come away with a two nothing victory which uh, i think surprised a lot of people you know, I, I know from your hockey career, you, you've you've probably been on both sides of those, where you've had tons of shots and, and haven't broken through, and then ones like where uh, last year where you're getting unplayed, outplayed, but you hang on to win. I mean, at what did you ever have a did you ever have a what's going on moment during the game, or or you know that moment where it's like, geez, I think we're. I mean, I know you're always confident that you're going to win, but where you really just thought this this might be your night and everything was going to break your way. Well, you know, hanging on to that one nothing lead and then potting that second one, um, you know, that's when you kind of key in and say, wow, this uh, this might really go our way tonight, uh, even though you know, the shots weren't. But, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of when uh, kind of thinking, like, we, we have a real good chance here of uh, taking those one home, and uh, that's what happened. 
I was I went back and listened to some of our highlights from last year's broadcast, Colton, and uh, a pretty big cheer at the end of the game. And uh, I, I know, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of the players on the on the Nate McEwen team had had f- family and friends there. But, but I think I, I think you won over a lot of the people who were there to, to cheer on the Oilers rookies. That by by the end of the game, they were they were hoping you guys were were going to hold on and get out of there. Yeah, it, uh, it gets a bit heated up this ice. Um, you know, we've been playing with McEwen uh, players. We uh, had a heated rival. And uh, you know, that uh, difference aside, well, came and uh, all pulled together in the same direction and uh, came out uh, victorious. Um, I know you know the other side, uh, those guys are trying to impress. And uh, they're playing hard, especially uh, in hometown crowd in Edmonton. So it's an important game for them. Uh, been fortunate to be on that side uh, at the rookie camp, and uh, I, I know how important it is to uh, try and get a win at home. And uh, you know, for, for them, uh, they came out hard, and uh, it gets chippy at times. But uh, we're glad that we were able to uh, pull out the, the win. All right. Well, I'm glad you brought up going through Oilers rookie camp yourself. Uh, I mean, Colton, you played in the uh, in the Western Hockey League most of your career with Brandon, uh, finished off with Saskatoon, uh, Mount Royal in 16, 17, and 8 last year. But uh, reflect a little bit uh, on, on your Oilers rookie camp uh, experience. Yeah, I, uh, I was fortunate enough to get invited, and uh, it was actually the year uh, Connor McDavid got drafted, so uh, that, that was pretty crazy. Uh, a lot of media, and uh, had an opportunity to play in the Penticton tournament. Uh, I don't believe they do that anymore, but I uh, got a chance to do that and uh, showcase uh, my talents, I guess, and uh, it was a great experience, and I, I just know from being in that dress room, the, the game back in Edmonton against, uh, you know, at that time, U of A, but now uh, against the McEwen 8 All-Stars, um, they want to get the win in front of the, the home crowd. So I know uh, they didn't come out on top last night, so that'll give them even more motivation to be pushing for the win tomorrow. What, tell me a little bit about getting into, into a game with Bakersfield in 15-16. Uh, in so was that after your uh, your season with Saskatoon ended? Yeah, that was right when my junior career uh, ended. I was uh, taken down to Bakersfield on an amateur tryout, and uh, it was a great experience uh, just getting that taste of pro hockey. Uh, yeah, I was able to slide into a, a game against the San Diego Goals, which was a great experience for myself. Uh, awesome to see that speed and play with some really talented players uh, coming up in the organization. You know, Colton, um, the end of a junior career can, can be a bit of a crossroads sometimes for players. Uh, you know, I've talked to guys in the past about decisions they had to make, opportunities they had to weigh. What were some of the things uh, you considered when, when you finished in the WHL? What, what, you know, I mean, was university and post-secondary kind of always the, the goal for you, or what kind of things did you have to, uh, did you have to weigh when you finished? Well, I know for any player um, trying to play in the Western League and uh, – junior at all uh, the goal is obviously I think for most of them to uh, they want to make the NHL and uh, wasn't any different for myself um, I, I did weigh my options at the end of my junior career uh, there wasn't uh, you know really a, a solid pro contract there for myself um, so I kind of weighed the options between uh, you know going uh, minor professional such as the East Coast um, and university and I just thought uh, for myself, a great uh, opportunity to take advantage of my scholarship through the Western League and uh, get some school in my back pocket before possibly pursuing hockey after school. So that's, uh, that's kind of where my mindset was uh, looking at my options moving forward from junior. What are you studying now? Uh, currently at Nate, I'm taking landscape architectural technologies. 
Um, it's my first full year in the program. I kind of moved around from program to program, kind of figuring out what I liked, and I think I really settled on something that uh, I can enjoy. Okay, good stuff. And uh, tomorrow's game, now, half and half, obviously, McEwen and Nate split roster. So did you guys, do you have a practice together? How, how much do you get to, uh, to to work on stuff? Yeah, so the uh, the rosters weren't actually announced until today, but uh, tonight we're going to be able to get on the ice with, uh, with the McEwen guys. Uh, over at Rogers Place there and uh, all uh, get to know each other and uh, kind of work out a couple of the kinks and uh, hopefully build a little bit of chemistry in the short amount of time we get to uh, move forward into the game tomorrow and uh, be as successful as we can. All right. Well, it uh, it was a fun one last year. So, Colton, I hope you enjoy the experience again. Thanks for letting fans get to know you a little bit tonight on Inside Sports. We'll see you at the rink tomorrow. Thank you so much for having me. That's Colton Waltz. He'll be playing defense for the McEwen Nate All-Stars tomorrow night. 7 o'clock face-off at Rogers Place as they take on the Oilers rookies. We will have the game for you on 6.30, Chet. So we'll have inside sports from 6 to 7, and Bob and Jack will call the game starting at 7. It was a fun one last year. Hopefully another interesting one to take in. Besides Colton Waltz, you heard from Eskimos general manager Brock Sunderland. They have traded for kick returner Martise Jackson, giving up a third-round draft pick. Matt Bakowicz from Active Communities Alberta and our Eskimos analyst Blake Dermott. Jason Moss with Morley Scott after the 7.30 news. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. My name is Reed Wilkins. I will talk to you from the rink tomorrow night. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.